Greetings, family, and welcome to another service at Graceway Church. Before I share my message today, I just want to encourage someone who may be going through things, who may be going through situations, who may be facing circumstances, and as a result of what you are facing, you are starting to question whether or not God loves you. I want to encourage you reaffirm you that God loves you, child of God. God cares for you. Nothing will ever separate you from God's love for you. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, speaking about God's great love, it says, but because of his great love for us, great love for us. God loves us so much, child of God, that while we were deep in sin, he sent his son to come and die for us. Whatever situation that you may be facing that causes you to think that maybe God has forgotten about you, that God has turned his back against you, God's love for you never changes. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you've promised God so you will do for him. God loves you because God is love. The Bible in Romans chapter 8 verse 38 to 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for your word that encourages us, Father, that you love us so much despite what is before us, despite how we may feel, God loves you, child of God. Don't judge God's love for you by what is before you. God is love. That is his nature. He loved us before we loved him. Glory to you, God. We thank you for your word. He loved us and he sent his son to come and die for us. He loved us so much that he looked around and when he could not find anyone to send down to earth, he sent his son. God loves you so much that he could not bear to be apart from you. He sent his son to come and die for us. And when Jesus came, Jesus loved us so much that he laid his life for us. He chose, he had authority not to lay his life for us, but he chose to lay his life for us because he loves us so much. And when Jesus goes to be with the Father. He says, I love you so much. I cannot leave you as orphans. I will leave you with another helper like me. Glory to you, Jesus. Today, we continue on a series 
looking at the Holy Spirit because this is the year of the Holy Spirit. Jesus laid his life for us because he loved us and when he then ascends to heaven he says I will leave you with another one. I will leave you with the one like me. He is the Holy Spirit. He will come. I will ask the Father and this is the series that you are busy with these days that we are looking at the Holy Spirit and saying this is the helper that Jesus said he will ask the Father to come and be with us. Not only for a moment but be with us forever. Glory to you Jesus. Last week as part of this series we looked at the helper as our comforter. And this week I want to take another slant at it and I want to look at the Holy Spirit as our advocate. The title of my message is I have an advocate. I have an advocate. The NIV version reading from John 14 verse 15 to 16. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. It's the same verse that was used last Sunday. He says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Another advocate, another advocate similar to me, not just another, but another who is similar to me. Glory to Jesus. The Amplified Version calls him the helper and goes and unpacks what the helper is. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. He's an intercessor. He's a counselor. He's a strengthener and standby. He is our helper. He is our comforter. He is our advocate. He is with us in us, we have an advocate. He walks with us. He is with us. He dwells in us. Not just a comforter, but also an advocate. Glory to Jesus. Child of God, what is an advocate? An advocate is someone that stands on your side. It's someone that comes and defends you when you are facing a judge, when you are facing a matter in court. He comes and pleads your case. He comes and stands alongside you and pleads your case because he understands the law better than you do. He can defend your case better than you do. Glory to Jesus. It's time to shout and say, I have an advocate who stands beside me. I have an advocate who stays in me, who dwells in me. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. You have an advocate who dwells in you. Last week we also heard that a helper or advocate, last week we heard about the word parakletos, which is a Greek word which means an advocate, which means a comforter. And we heard that parakletos is explained as someone summoned called to one side, especially called to one's aid, one who pleads another's cause before a judge. 
glory to Jesus. Child of God, you ought to be excited that you've got an advocate who dwells in you, who walks with you, and that is what we are sharing this morning. That is what we are sharing today. An advocate, I said, is someone that stands beside you, is someone that's there to support you. He is someone that's there to encourage you. He's there to help you. Glory to Jesus. He is by your side. He is there to plead your case. Child of God, you have an advocate on your side. You have Trinity on your side. In the book of Romans, the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, verse 31, the Bible says, the Amplified Version says, if God is for us, who can be successful against us? God is on your side. You have an advocate in God, the Spirit. He is on your side. He declares it in his word through Paul writing to the Romans and he says, if God is on your side, who can stand against you? Who can successfully stand against you? The psalmist in Psalm 118 verse 6 says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Child of God, not only is God on your side, he sent the Holy Spirit to be your advocate, to stand on your side, to support you. Why must you fear man? You have the Holy Spirit in you. Glory to Jesus. David understood what the power of having God on your side is all about. That is why when he approached the battlefield, when he ran towards Goliath, he says to Goliath, Goliath, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Almighty Lord, the God of the armies of Israel, the one that's with me, the one that's on my side will deliver you into my hands and I will bring you down. I will chop your head and give your carcass to the birds of the world. Glory to Jesus. David understood while the rest of Israel did not understand what it means to have God on your side. He says, I come to you in the name that is behind me, the name that is supporting me, the name of the mighty Lord. You can come with your javelin. I'm saying to you, child of God, to any giant that you are facing, declare this. Know that God is on your side. Speak to that issue. Speak to that sickness. Speak to that lack and say, God is on my side. I will flatten you. God is going to deliver you and you will be flattened in Jesus' most precious name. Glory to you, Jesus. In the Bible, there are three men that understood and appreciated what it meant, the power that you have, knowing that 
God is on your side without any doubt, without any fear. These men were called by King Nebuchadnezzar and he said to them, I am giving you a last chance. I want you to bow down before what I've created. I want you to worship what I've created. And these men are found in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16 to 18. These men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king Nebuchadnezzar and they said to him, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to serve us. They understood, they appreciated that the God that is with them, the God that is for them, was going to defend them, was going to deliver them, was going to assist them, was going to aid them. I'm saying to you, child of God, Jesus says, I am leaving you with another helper. I am leaving you with an advocate, an advocate who is on your side. And here are men that understood the power, that understood their position when knowing that God is on their side. They say we don't care about how strong this fire is. We don't need to defend ourselves, but he who is with us will deliver us from this situation. Glory to Jesus, child of God. I'm saying to you, you've got an advocate on your side. Don't take it lightly. Whatever situation you may be facing, whatever challenge you may be facing, walk boldly and say, I have an advocate. I have someone standing with me. I have someone that is fighting my case. That is why, child of God, very often, in this world, when you go into a courtroom and you've got an attorney on your side, you have confidence. And I'm saying to you, child of God, if you can have confidence in men of flesh, how much more the Holy Spirit, who is God himself in the Spirit, dwelling in you, saying, I am your advocate, saying, I am behind you, saying, I am here to support you. I am here to plead your case. Should you not have confidence? Should you not walk chest out, stomach in, and shoulders up, neck upright, with confidence that he who is in me is greater than they that are in the world. Glory to you, Jesus. Child of God, you have an advocate. What does an advocate do? An advocate speaks on your behalf. An advocate will argue a case when you are out of words. An advocate will plead your case when you don't know what to say, when you are tongue-tied and cannot say anything. An advocate will come to your assistance in your time of weakness. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27, it says, the Holy Spirit, this is the advocate helps us in our weakness. Child of God, in your weakness, know that you have the Holy Spirit to help you. 
The Bible is not a book of lies. When the Bible says the Holy Spirit is there to help us in our time of weakness, let us remember that and lean on the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. We cannot see him. We cannot touch him. But we believe with our heart that he is in us and we confess with our mouth that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. This is his temple and therefore I can say Holy Spirit, I am not feeling strong. I am weak. Please come to my aid. The Bible continues to say, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. So the Holy Spirit is there to help us. For Father, I don't know what to pray I am without words. I am not in the right position. I don't even know where to start. I am in my weakest point. I am so discouraged. I cannot pray. Then the Holy Spirit comes in. And the Bible says, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I cannot hear the words, but the Holy Spirit with sounds of groanings speaks to the Father. Hallelujah. Verse 27, And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. Glory to Jesus. Although these groanings may not be words, but my Father, who is aligned with the Holy Spirit, aligned with Jesus, He hears, He knows what the Holy Spirit is saying. I may not understand, I may not know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit, it takes me in my point of weakness and prays on my behalf to the Father in groanings and sound. And the Father he hears the Holy Spirit. What excites me even more, the Bible says, For the Spirit pleads. In other words, the Spirit intercedes, the Spirit speaks on our behalf. Another version says, He passionately pleads. For us believers, in a harmony with God's own will, he pleads in a harmony with God's will. So when he prays, he knows we are weak. But when he prays, he prays on our behalf, praying God's will into our lives. Glory to Jesus, child of God. When you do not know what to say, your advocate, the Holy Spirit, is there to help you. I may just be in tears and just be saying, I do not know what to say. I do not know how to plead my case. I do not know what to say. That's why in court, I don't have the strength. I don't know what to say. But the advocate stands there with all the books with all the case laws and starts to defend my case while I'm sitting there listening and watching. The Holy Spirit is there to plead your case. I remember a story in the Bible where Jesus sends out his 12 disciples and says to them, go out into the lost of the house of Israel. Don't go to the Gentiles. But let me warn you, you will be beaten. You will be a sonnet. You will be brought to kings and to counselors because 
of being my followers, because of preaching my gospel, because of speaking about my name. Don't be discouraged when you stand before these rulers, when you stand before these kings. Don't worry about what you are going to say. Don't worry. Don't worry. He says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 19, he says when you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. Glory to Jesus. He is there to intercede. He is there to speak on our behalf. We may not know what to say, but he speaks on our behalf. I'm saying to you, child of God, if you are walking into a meeting, walking into a situation, and you can call upon the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to say here. Uh, Give me the right words to say, and the Holy Spirit will give you the right words. Holy Spirit, I have a desire to share the gospel to this person but I don't know how and the Holy Spirit always comes in and gives you the right words to say at the right time. That is why even when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah. And Jesus says, this cannot be from your own mouth and understanding. This is from God. God touched you. It is God that spoke through you. Glory to Jesus. Child of God, I'm saying to you, don't panic. Don't be worried. Don't be concerned. The Holy Spirit is there to defend you. He is there to give you the words to say. That is why even Jesus says, the things that you've seen me do, I don't do out of my own doing. These are things that I've seen the Father do. And what I say, I say what the Father has taught me. It is God who has taught me to say these things. It is the Holy Spirit, child of God, that Jesus has left with us to teach us what to say, to talk on our behalf when we do not know what to say, when we cannot utter words. He, with groaning sounds, pleads our case with the Father. Glory to you, Jesus. Child of God, the Holy Spirit will intervene even when you are not present. He will intervene even when you are not present. A story is told in the book of Esther and it's about the king, the Persian king, who one night runs out of sleep and in the middle of the night, he cannot sleep. He asks for the books of records, for the history books, the books where previous events had been written And they bring the book and as he's reading there, he reads a situation that took place five or so years ago. And in there, they are talking about a man by the name of Mordecai. This man is a man that exposed a plot by two guards who were close to the palace, who wanted to kill the king. The Bible says there were guards to the king's quarters. 
So they were well positioned to kill the king. And Mordecai picks up the story and goes and tells the king at the time. And the king now reads the story. And he asks the question, this Mordecai fellow, this Mordecai fellow is found in Esther chapter 6. And on verse 3, the king asks, what reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for this? And those who were there said nothing. The rest is history. Mordecai is called. He is paraded in the town. He is promoted. But what actually happened here? Mordecai was not in the king's palace when the king ran out of sleep. I want to believe the Holy Spirit led the king to read the records. That is my interpretation of it because child of God, I don't believe that things happen as a coincidence. God behind the scenes was working things out for Mordecai who had demonstrated loyalty at a time. A Jew being loyal to a Persian king. And five years later, nothing has been done for Mordecai. He has not been thanked. Nothing has been given to him. He has not been rewarded. But the Holy Spirit, I want to believe, comes into the situation and begins to speak about Mordecai's case and pleads Mordecai's case. I think Mordecai had long forgotten what he had done five years ago or thereabout. I'm saying to you, child of God, don't stop doing good deeds because at the right time, your reward will come. Mordecai could have stood at the gate every day and complained, oh, I saved the king, I exposed a plot, nothing has been done to me, no one has given thanks to me, but he continued to serve at the gate. He continued to serve at the gate and the Holy Spirit, I want to believe, intervened in his case. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Let me share with you a practical illustration of where I believe in my life the Holy Spirit intervened. We were on a holiday in Singapore and we got onto a cruise. And when we got onto a cruise, we were confronted with bad news that uh, someone does not have a visa to enter Thailand. We are going to be entering Thailand. We knew that, that we were going to be entering Thailand. I think it was the third day. And they say to us, this person will have to get off the cruise just before we enter Thailand. And we said, but you know, the person can stay on the boat, can all stay in, on the boat, etc. And they said the international laws are that we cannot enter the waters of Thailand unless we've all got the right visas. But we've got some partial good news to you. Tomorrow we are stopping over in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. There is an embassy there of Thailand. You can try them out. 
What we'll do for you as well tonight is we'll call the embassy and just arrange that you get an express service. We went to a bed and the following day I went down to pick up their passports and I was told, sorry, we could not get the embassy of Thailand in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. So uh, you have to go on your own. You are on your own. Let's just warn you up front that today is Friday. Traffic is going to be hectic. You know, they also close for religious reasons on a Friday. Go and try your luck. It's never been done before. I remember when I picked up those passports, there was about eight of these officers in the admin room or whatever room it was. And I said to them, the God that I go with, nothing is impossible with him. We got out there, we got onto a, a cab, we went into Kuala Lumpur, went to the embassy where God just blessed us with a very friendly cab driver. We got there and we queued. He actually said, you know, guys, I'm going to take the rest of the family. I'll look after them. Here's my number. The one thing I forgot to say is that we were docking in Kuala Lumpur just for the day. The ship was going to leave at four o'clock. So when the passports were given, I was told that you will need to be back here at four o'clock. Otherwise, this cruise leaves without you. Give us your number so that we can call you as well just to confirm that you are coming back because even if you don't get the visas, you can still come back and we'll drop you tomorrow at Penning and then you'll find your way back to Singapore because from that port, we are then going to Phuket and from Phuket, we then go back to Singapore. So there we are getting to the embassy and we, we get there. It's a long queue and cut the long story short, there are people that are queuing there. Some are coming to fetch their visas for Thailand and they're being told that, uh, sorry, your visa is not ready. Some are bringing their application and they are being told, please come back in two weeks time. We get to the front and we only have this day to get the visas and back onto the cruise. And we get there, there's someone at the counter, he's helping us, and he says, guys, I cannot help you. This is impossible. We say, can we please speak to the manager? And he says, the manager, you cannot speak to him, his office is there, but I will go and speak to him. You can see that this man is almost convinced that this is not going to happen. This guy gets there and the manager says, no, 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 it's not going to happen. He comes back and we plead again. We keep pleading. He goes and then he comes back. The manager says, I am going to call Thailand to ask them whether they can approve this. We are not in contact with the manager. The manager is now speaking to Thailand. Let me tell you this. I believe that the Holy Spirit interceded on our behalf there because by lunchtime, the answer was Come back in the afternoon and collect your visas. There were people there, many people that had been turned away. We could not speak to the manager. We could not promote our case. We could not speak to Thailand. It was the manager speaking on, on our behalf. We could not speak to the manager. We could not speak to Thailand. But the answer came back, and all of them were sort of reluctant. But the answer came back. I believe that 
God interceded through the Holy Spirit in our case. It was not a coincidence. By three o'clock, we were out of there and back to the cruise ship. And they called and said, how far are you? I said to them, we are on the taxi. We are about 15 minutes or so away from you. We are almost there. They said, we cannot believe this. What can I add to this child of God? When I left that cruise ship, when I left that room, I declared something. I'm saying to you, child of God, start declaring God's power over your problems. They were so discouraging, telling me about traffic on a Friday, telling me about a short day, telling me about something that was never possible. But I declared that with the one that I'm going with, nothing is impossible. And God came through for me because I spoke a word into the situation. I'm saying to you, child of God, start speaking a word into your situation. Don't describe the situation, but Describe your desire. Describe the promise of God over the situation. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Jesus one day is hungry. He comes to a fig tree and the fig tree has no fruit. He says to the fig tree, no one will ever eat fruit from you. He walks away and goes into the temple and chases everyone out to attend to a, into a marketplace. He doesn't worry about it. The following day, they are coming back, and the disciple says, Jesus, isn't that the tree that you cursed? It's withered. Jesus had spoken a word the day before and forgot completely about it. He did not bother about it. He did not worry about it. But it is the disciples that notices the following day. And Jesus, when they told them about it, he says, whatever you say with your mouth, believing that it has come to pass, it will come to pass in Jesus. Believing that you have received, it shall come to pass. Glory to, to a Jesus. I declared a word over that situation. I didn't believe what they were saying. I don't know where it came from, but that was a moment where out of conviction, out of conviction, I declared a word that the one that I go with, nothing is impossible with him. You need to declare words not with doubt, but words that come deep out of your heart that say, I know my God, he will do it again. He did it the other year. He did it yesterday. He will do it again. Glory to Jesus. Jesus did not bother, did not worry. He had released a word. He had spoken a word. Child of God, the Holy Spirit reminds us whose we are. He reminds us. He guides us to the truth. Romans 8 verse 15 to 16 says, For we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You are not bound to fear. You are not hamstrung by fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. God is our Father. Listen to verse 16. The Spirit himself 
bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Sometimes you will forget. Circumstances will cause you to forget. Even in my open remarks, I said there's someone that may be going through difficult times and in going through that, you are starting to doubt whether God loves you. You are starting to doubt whether you are a child of God. You are starting to doubt whether God cares for you. The spirit is there to bear witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Devil, you a liar. The devil tries to convince you otherwise. But the spirit stands there and says, you are a child of God. Abba, God is your father. Glory to Jesus. John 14 verse 26. Jesus continued to say to his disciples, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit, child of God, is there to lead us to the truth. That is what an advocate does. An advocate understands the situation. An advocate pulls the laws to defend your case. An advocate pulls the cases that he knows to defend your case. And here, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit saying to his disciples and saying to us as his followers that he will guide you to the truth. He will remind you of what you have learned in the Bible. He will remind you of what I've said. So child of God, if you want the Holy Spirit to be effective in your life, start spending time in the Word of God because the Holy Spirit needs to tap into what you have read because it is the Holy Spirit that inspired men to write the Bible. So it is Him who will also again help you interpret the Bible. It is Him as well who will remind you of what you've read in the Bible, the revelation that he has given you in reading the Bible. He will remind you of that. The Holy Spirit is there to remind us of the truth that we are children of God, child of God. You may have fallen. You may have missed the mark. It is life. But don't let the devil convince you that because of having fallen, because of having missed the mark, you are no longer a child of God. Go back to the Father. The Father is always there to forgive. The sins that were washed through the blood of Jesus are not yesterday's sins, today's sins only, but they are sins that are going to be committed Beyond. That is why the Bible also says he intercedes on our behalf with the Father. He's sitting on the right hand side of the Father and interceding our case. Glory to Jesus. As I pull this message to a close, the Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with us. Child of God, you can never understand, you can never appreciate someone if you don't have fellowship with that person. And Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, don't impose themselves on us. God never imposed. He gave us the will. 
and we decide what to do. Jesus says in the book of Revelation, Revelation 3, verse 20, he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, so you've got a choice to open the door or to hear the voice and not open the door. But he's standing and knocking. He's not a bulldozer. He's just knocking and saying, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If you not receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a chance for you. He's knocking at the door and saying, I am knocking. Open the door. I want to come and dine with you so that me and you can be one. So similarly, child of God, when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, he's not someone that will override. He's not someone that will impose himself. I'm reminded of how you can have a guest in your house, have them there for years, but that person quietly sitting there you will never know them unless you fellowship with them, unless you engage with them, unless you start speaking to them. That is only when you'll begin to understand that, that person. I know of couples that have been together for so many years, but they've never understood each other because there has not been time of fellowship. There has not been time of being together. So the Holy Spirit desires to fellowship with us. Paul, in his closing statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. May the grace of Jesus Christ, he came to this world full of grace and full of truth. And the love of the Father who sent Jesus to come and die for us because love is his nature. Love is who he is. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That is why he dwells in each one of us because he desires to fellowship with us. Let him not be like the guest that is in our house that we are not fellowshipping with. He can be there for years, but we never get to appreciate. We never get to understand and you never get to appreciate the powers, the talents and the gifts that that guest has. The same with the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. He's not going to impose himself on us, but we need to take steps to fellowship with him because that is what he's here for, to fellowship with us so that we can tap into him as our advocate. Glory to you, Jesus, because he will fight for us. He will defend us. He will see us through all challenges. He will speak on our behalf. He will argue on our behalf. He will guide us. Glory to Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit is not just any ordinary advocate. He's not any ordinary advocate. He is all-knowing. An advocate needs to read books, he needs to research, but the Holy Spirit has the divine properties of God, 
of Jesus Christ because they are one. So he is all-knowing. Nothing takes him by surprise. That is why the Bible says he will tell us things to come. He will remind us of things. He does not have to scratch his head and say, oh, that caught me by surprise. I didn't see that coming. An advocate in court may take a step back and say, that caught me by surprise. Let me just regroup. Let me just consider my effects. The Holy Spirit, like God, knows the beginning from the end. Are you not grateful to have an advocate like the Holy Spirit? Are you not grateful to have someone like him standing next to you, standing and pleading your case? The other thing is that the Holy Spirit never sleeps nor slumbers. Like God, he never sleeps nor slumbers. He is there 24-7. He is there 365 days a year. He is ever there. He will not say to you when you try to call him and you go to a voicemail and please leave a message. I'm not available. He is ever there for you. He will not refer you to someone else because he's taken leave. You phone your advocate. He says, oh, sorry, I've had to go. I'll ask someone to act on my behalf. Oh, sorry, I've fallen sick. I'll ask someone to act on my behalf. No, he is there always. And another thing, the Holy Spirit has the attributes of God. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. That is why Jesus Christ says he will be there with you forever. He doesn't back off and say, uh-uh, this one is getting too tough for me. This is not what I had in mind. This case is getting too complicated for me. He is always there through thickness and through thin. He is there in the depth of the sea. He is there with you in the valley. He is there with you on the mountain top. He will never forsake you, nor will he leave you. He is there all the time. He will be with you forever. Isn't it such a joy to have such an advocate like that, who is always there, who will never leave, who doesn't back down, who doesn't back off because a situation has got too complicated for him. Lastly, he does not expect anything in return. The only thing he wants is that Jesus may be glorified. That Jesus may be glorified. He's not after his glory that goes to him. No, he's not there to glorify himself. He's not there like the attorneys, the advocates that we have who take up cases, high profile cases, because there's something in them. There's something in it for them. It will elevate their profile. They are going to receive more. No, 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 no. The whole Holy Spirit is about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is about leading us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is about lifting Jesus up. He is not about himself. He's about Jesus and God. So child of God, are you not grateful that you don't have someone who's got hidden agenda to advance his career, to advance his profile, to advance his bank account? No, he expects nothing in return. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, King of Kings. Child of God, I hope today you've been convinced that you have a Holy Spirit in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is God himself. That is why Jesus says he will come and dwell in you. He doesn't say it will come. The Holy Spirit, child of God, is your 
your advocate and he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to tell you the secrets of God. He wants to tell you the things that are to come. He's there to stand your case. He's there to defend you. He comes in in your point of weakness. Glory to you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We give all the glory. We give all the honor. And before we close, I just want to remind someone on Revelation 3 verse 20 where Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will step in and come and feast with you. Jesus is calling those that haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior today. He's knocking at the door and saying, I will not break this door. I will wait for you to open it so that I can come and dwell in you and feast with you. He says, I'm doing this because I love you. This morning, I just want to extend to someone who has not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior to make the choice and open the door so that Jesus can come in and make your heart his dwelling place. All you need to do is just say this prayer with me. Father, I thank you that I am a sinner and you sent Jesus to come and die for me so that my sins could be washed away. Today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Today, my sins are washed away. Today, my sins are forgiven. I am a new creation. Holy Spirit, I believe that by believing in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead and is sitting today with the Father and confessing with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I have become a child of God. Therefore, I am a new creation. Holy Spirit, thank you. Come and dwell in me. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading me to Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for those that have received Jesus Christ, that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've started a new journey. And please, if you've made that decision and made that prayer, please join us by SMSing us or texting us on the phone number that is reflected at the bottom there so that we can begin this journey with you. Let me tell you, you've made the best decision you've ever made. I made this decision many years ago, and I've not regretted not one bit. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for such opportunities to invite those that are destined for hell to walk into your kingdom. We thank you, God. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.